Welcome to another episode of Global Market Insights brought to you by XM.com, where we provide meaningful and informative content about the events that affect market trends and shape global markets. Hello, and thank you for joining us at XM.com. This is the weekly outlook. We'll be having a look at the week ahead. I'm Christina Marujos, and joining me today is Senior Investment Analyst Rafi Boyajian. Rafi, it's a rather quiet week, one would say, with two central bank meetings, though, adding some excitement for investors. But before we get into that, let's first have a look at data out of China. It's reporting trade data on Monday. The country has been recovering steadily from the pandemic, and forecasts are looking at a positive Monday report. How do you think the Aussie will move on the data? Uh, so, Christina, that is right. So, the data we've had out of China uh, since uh, its uh, rebound back in March has been uh, pretty encouraging, although uh, the recovery is uh, nothing too spectacular. Uh, it has been making steady progress uh, towards a full recovery. Uh, and most recently, uh, there was some acceleration in the PMIs uh, in August and uh, the latest one coming up next week uh, for exports, trade data. Uh, we're expecting exports to have uh, expanded by 7.1% year-on-year uh, in August. So that would be another positive signal coming out of China. And that may provide uh, some support uh, to the Australian dollar, which uh, did get a big, bit of a knockback from the resurgent US dollar uh, in the past week of its two-year highs. Uh, so that could uh, see the Aussie finding some footing in the coming days. As we mentioned earlier, we also have central bank meetings this week, one of which is the Bank of Canada. It meets on Wednesday, and it's widely expected that it won't announce any change to policy. Given that the latest economic data out of the country show it is slowly emerging stronger from the virus crisis, how do you think the loonie will perform? So, right, so Bank of Canada almost certain not to announce any new measures uh, on Wednesday. So we, and as you said, we have seen a pretty strong recovery uh, in the Canadian economy. We've seen a strong rebound in consumption, in, in employment. And, uh, and more recently, because of course, the Canadian economy is closely linked with that of the US. Uh, and there were fears that the second wave in the US would hurt the US recovery. That hasn't really happened. We've only seen the US recovery slowing somewhat. So that's positive for the Canadian economy. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Canada is not uh, seeing a re-escalation in virus cases like many other countries. So the outlook is really looking up. So it's going to be interesting to see whether or not the Bank of Canada is going to sound more optimistic. So if the Bank of Canada uh, is unexpectedly dovish next week, regardless uh, of the positive economic picture, uh, another risk for the loonie is the fact that the Bank of Canada may soon follow in the footsteps of the Federal Reserve and uh, switch uh, uh, their uh, monetary policy framework to something along the lines of average inflation targeting, uh, which the Fed recently announced. Uh, and that would mean that uh, they're willing to let inflation run higher. Another option the Bank of Canada may, may consider is adopting a dual mandate. So either way, uh, these are possible risks for the loonie uh, in the long run. Of course, the Bank of Canada won't announce its decision on this uh, until next year. But that's something which could potentially hold back the loonie even as the economic recovery gathers strength. Staying on the central bank front, let's look at the ECB. It's also meeting this week on Thursday. And again, we're not expecting to see any changes in policy. The euro's recent strength, though, has been troubling some ECB members. Do you think the bank may signal anything to halt its rally? On the face of it, the ECB meeting uh, may appear to be 
quite a boring one because they're almost certain to keep monetary policy unchanged uh, and uh, not to announce any additional measures to their uh, emergency lending programs. But uh, there are quite a few problems that the ECB policymakers have to worry about now. So first, we are seeing a uh, a resurgence in virus cases across Europe. Daily virus numbers are actually worsening uh, as we go along, and that could get even worse as we head into the winter uh, and also as schools reopen across the continent. Another problem is that uh, we just had August inflation numbers for the Eurozone, and we saw the, the Euro area uh, entering deflation for the first time in years. Uh, so that's one big problem, uh, one potential headache for policymakers. And the other one is, of course, uh, is, as you said, the strong euro. The euro has been rising too far too quickly. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Christine Lagarde is uh, going to say about the exchange rate, whether they are concerned enough about the exchange rate to make any strong comments uh, about that just yet, or they will wait and see uh, whether or not the euro uh, appreciates uh, even further. But one thing she will definitely be commenting on is the outlook for the euro area economy. So the recovery there has been slowing. So it's going to be uh, very important to see just what language she uses about the outlook, about the recovery, and of course, how worried they are about deflation and of course, uh, the euro. So all of that could really determine the next direction for the euro in the, uh, on, on Thursday when Christine Lagarde uh, makes a press conference. And finally, Rafi, let's have a look at Britain. Round eight of Brexit talks resumed this week, but investors aren't very optimistic that the UK and the EU will manage to agree on an October deal. Given that GDP numbers for July will be reported on Friday, do you think the pound will have a bumpy week? Uh, well, most likely, yes, the pound will probably have a bumpy week. So the Brexit talks will enter another round next week, the round eight. Uh, so that uh, gives you an idea of how long they've been going on for. But so far, they've made little progress on the key issues, such as uh, the fisheries and, uh, and also on uh, establishing a level playing field. So those are things that have yet to be negotiated. Uh, and even if they do reach an agreement on those key areas, uh, whether or not they're going to be able to uh, put together a complete deal by the end of October. So the end of October is seen as the most realistic date uh, that a deal uh, is possible, that a deal can be made before it can be uh, approved by uh, European parliaments uh, and the UK parliament uh, as well. But time is running out and so far it's not looking very positive. Uh, of course, uh, the EU is uh, famous for um, making a deal at the 11th hour. Uh, so I think investors are still hope hoping out for such an outcome. Uh, but the closer we get to that end of October deadline, uh, the, the more likely we're going to see Brexit headlines starting to have a huge impact on the pound. Because so far, although we've had several Brexit rounds, they haven't really had the impact they used to have uh, previously uh, on sterling. Uh, and uh, most recently, the UK data has started to have more of an impact uh, on the pound. And we will have plenty of that next week. We've got on Friday the monthly GDP numbers coming up for July as well as industrial output and manufacturing figures as well. So if we see the UK recovery uh, gaining strength, uh, then that will certainly help the pound, even if we do see some negative uh, Brexit headlines. Rafi, thank you so much for joining me today for the Weekly Outlook here at XM.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Global Market Insights brought to you by XM.com. For more in-depth technical and fundamental analysis, be sure to visit www.xm.com forward slash research.